Yo, my name is Logan Camp, like Lauren and Matt said. I get to lead here in Elevation. I get the pleasure of leading the serve team with my girlfriend, Morgan Tobin. Hey. I don't know where she's at, but yeah, shout out to her. Um, I am leading here at Elevation. I've been here for about three or four years. Um, I've been doing multiple things within Elevation, and it's been great. I've had the opportunity to be in a life group. I've had the opportunity to lead a life group, to be on the serve team, now to lead it. Uh, just, I'm, I'm going to be honest, my favorite part is finding the community that I've found. And it's, it's nothing that, that stays within these walls. It's something that leaves with me every day. Um, it's on my, it's texts. It's, it's checking in on me. Um, it's outside of these walls where I found community that I've held on to tightly. Um, that's not even in my message, but shout out to community. Y'all getting a life group, it really is awesome. And it's life-changing. Um, I'm also a senior at UCA. Roll Bears. I feel like that's, I love saying roll bears. It's just fun, throwing up the bear claw. Uh, but tonight, I want to talk to y'all. <laughs> I want to talk to y'all about something that was really hard for me at the beginning stages of my relationship with God, wanting to be in a relationship with God. Um, and I think the reason why it was so hard for me is because I grew up knowing all the rules and the regulations of religion, but I did not know the rescue and the redemption of the gospel. I knew the rules and the regulation, not the redemption and the rescue. And so I, I don't want you to be thinking, okay, this is something that he learned whenever he first started his relationship with Christ. What I want you to remember is that it's, it's an everyday thing. It's not just the first time. It's not something that you graduate past or a level that you beat in Christianity. Uh, Luke 9, 23, it says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. That's the truth from Jesus. It's a daily thing. And so tonight, I just want us to position ourselves in a way that shows God that we just want more of him. Um, we don't want to arrive to a certain place. We just want more of him. So let's posture ourselves in that. And let's pray for tonight. Um, Y'all join me in prayer. God, thank you so much uh, just for who you are, um, your character. That's what we're going to be talking about tonight, just who you are, God, who you've been to me, just the places that you've brought me out of, um, the places that we've been together, the times that we've spent together. I thank you for who you are and who you're going to reveal more of yourself to us tonight. We love you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Like I mentioned earlier, I'm going to discuss tonight something that happened in the beginning of my relationship with Christ. And it was whenever I truly surrendered my life to Christ, whenever I found out uh, that I had some, some difficult things in my past that I couldn't really get over, some thoughts that I had whenever it came to the whole Christianity thing. And it was thoughts like these, how does the God of the universe know me? How does the creator of all mankind, all of us, I see everybody, how does the God, the creator of all of mankind know me? And what all does he know about me? He knows everything. <laughs> but he still loves me. That's weird. He knows everything about me, but he still loves me. He's crazy about me. But why, why does he know everything about me, but he's still willing to kick it with me every day? That's what I couldn't get past. And as you can see, the reason why I didn't know all this is because I didn't know the character of God. I knew all the rules, like I mentioned earlier, but I didn't know who the ruler was. And so guys, here's the kicker. It's not just the beginning stages of your relationship with God, but it's also we can't forget the character of God because we forget to spend time with him. Guys, it's easy to forget somebody when you don't really spend much time with them. You forget how they act, um, how they talk, 
just their humor, the way that they spend time with you. So if you were to think of spending time with God, your prayer life, think about it as the length of the stage. Um, so thinking about our prayer life, what does it look like? Is it really one-sided where we start with it and it's all about you and, and your desires? Yes, God wants to know about what your desires are. He wants to know your heart. He wants to spend time with you, but is it all about what you want, what you desire, uh, everything that can make you successful. And then eventually somewhere down the road towards the end, you start to think about, hey God, you're cool, you're great. Uh, thankful for you, um, love you. Jesus died on the cross for my sins. Thank you for that, amen. So is that what our prayer life looks like where it's, it's mostly one-sided, it's about us? Because I find out the more that we get to know about him, the more that we get to detect him in our other areas of our life when we need him. And I believe when it comes to having a relationship with God, we cannot expect, we cannot expect the intimate and refreshing, peaceful times and the feelings of being loved by him if we do not know his character. We cannot know an abundant life if we do not know who the person is that breathes life. So guys, we're going to be in Psalms 139, verses 1 through 12. So if y'all can, turn there with me. Psalm 139, verses 1 through 12. I'm going to give you some time to get there. We got it on the screens, too, if you ain't got your Bible. It's cool. All right, so I'm going to start reading. It says, O Lord, you have searched me and know me. You know, when I sit down, when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all of my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O oh Lord, you know it all together. You hem in me behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in darkness, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness covers me and the light about me by night, even though the darkness is not dark to you, the night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. So guys, tonight I want to take apart three parts of this verse. Um, so if you're taking notes, I want to hear some clicking pins, some tapping thumbs. We're going to get some, some notes going. So we're going to start with point number one, which he is acquainted with us. He is acquainted with my ways. So guys, God cannot get enough of you. He notices you and he examines you. He, he knows you're sitting, you're laying down, you're standing up, what you say, what you're thinking about saying, which is a little scary, what you're thinking about posting, hey. all these things. And some of you might have a, a worried feeling because you're like, ah, I know people who, had, who try to control all my ways. They tried to, to tell me everything that I did. They tried to micromanage me. Or even you have this, this weird feeling of like, somebody's watching me at all times. That's kind of weird. I don't know that I want to be examined 24 seven. That's a little overbearing. But guys, a lot of times we have that uneasy feeling because we don't know the intentions of the person who's watching. We don't know the intentions of the person who's examining us and who's, who's asking us to do things. So as I was reading Psalm 139, I began to think about some of God's intentions. What are, what are God's intentions that, that give us this character about him? Romans 8, 28, it says, We know that for those who love God, all things work for good, for those called according to his purpose. 
Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. John 3, 16, 17, for God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that he might be sent to the world to save it. Guys, these familiar verses came to my mind and I realized the reason why I might forget God's uh, character is because I, I think like these verses, we've made it familiar. I forget about his character because it's familiar and I just pass it by. Just like these verses that a lot of times we see on refrigerators or in Hobby Lobby. So I tell you all this so you know that no matter what you are doing right now, what you've done in your past or what you will do, God's intentions remain the same. He still sent his son to die on the cross for us. Guys, and then I'm going to jump into our point number two. He lays his hand upon me. So that's in verse 5 of Psalm 139, verses 1 through, through 12. Verse 5, he lays his hand upon me. And I read this, and I couldn't get past the idea of God placing his hand on us, yeah. laying his hand on his children. I, I started to think about the capability of, of God's hand. And, and I want to look at two verses really quick, two parts of Scripture that I feel like give a great example of what the capabilities of God's hand are like. And so I'm going to be jumping back and forth here for a second. So stay with me, follow along. And we're going to start in Matthew 8, verse 2. Matthew 8, verse 2. And it says, And behold, a leper came to Jesus and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Let's look at the way that he approaches Jesus. A leper came to Jesus and knelt before him. All right, now we're going to jump over to 1 Peter 5, 6. Talk about a sword drill. Y'all ready? All right, 1 Peter 5, 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. God exalts humility. All right, going back to Matthew 8, verse 3 now. Hope y'all put a bookmark in there. It says, And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean, and immediately his leprosy was cleansed. What a, what a powerful God we serve that when we, we humble ourselves before under his hand, he exalts us and he raises us to a higher place. Wow. That, I feel like that's a good, a good place to give God praise. If you're thankful that we serve a God who is going to exalt us and raise us under his hand, would y'all, would y'all praise his name really quick? All right, so one last scripture that I want to share is Isaiah 48, 13. And it says, my hand laid the foundation of the earth and my right hand spread out the heavens. When I call to them, they stand forth together. And so when we think about verse 10 in Psalm 139, he he literally says, even there, my hand shall hold you and my right hand will lead you. So like, let's think about that. The hand that laid the foundation of the earth is the hand that's holding us. The hand that, that spread out the heavens, that's the one that's leading us. So just think about the, the power that comes within being able to create and the might that, that creates the world and the heavens, but also is the same hand that comforts us in a way that holds us and leads us. Wow. So I just want to think about, about the capability of this. And that goes into, into the thought of where is that hand willing to hold us? The hand of God is, is willing to hold us even there. And so let's look at this 
number three, God is even there. So it says, if I ascend to heaven, you are there. If, my, if I make my bed in darkness, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me by night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. God shows us right here that there's not a single place that he's not willing to meet us. Even there when the darkness comes. And so, guys, I want y'all to think about this. So you wake up in the middle of the night, and it's just pitch black. You see some movement, kind of like you're seeing me move around on stage. You, like, hear some footsteps, and you hear, like, some noises, some banging. You're like, what's happening? I hear movement. And like I mentioned earlier in the message, you're uneasy because you don't know who the person is and you don't know the intentions of the person that is there. Right. Guys, you may, I know some of you, you might even be nervous. Yeah. <laughs> you don't really know what's happening. <laughs> but I know, I also know some of you, you would grab the bat that's next to your bed. Hey. Maybe not a bat. <laughs> okay. But now imagine you were to wake up And you see some movement, and so at first you're like, what is this? What's happening? I don't really know what to do. But then you start to notice movement, or you start to notice a voice that is recognizable. Something that you know. A person that you love being in the same place with you that is in the darkness. Immediately, there's some peace that comes over you. In an instant because you know them, because you're well acquainted with them. You spent time to get to know them. Guys, you're instantly filled with peace whenever you realize that it's God that's moving in your life. A lot of times when we, when we get to the darkness, we're, we're scared because we don't know who, who God is. We don't know his character and we're by ourselves. We don't know what's happening, but God knows that we're gonna enter some dark times and some hard times. And that's why he wants us to get to know him. But if we do not know who he is and we're in the dark, we could not even have any idea that it's him moving in our lives. And we, we mistake his movements for fear. And we, and we start to think, oh, these bad things are happening to me. But really, we just don't know that God's doing some things in our life. We get nervous and we get shaken. We're like, oh my gosh, I don't really know what to do. Uh, This new thing's happening. I'm not in the same place of life that I was anymore. But that's really just God bringing you to the next thing. And so you're freaking out. You're like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. But when we get to know his voice, when we get to know who he is, that we we know he has plans to prosper us and not harm us. We know that he's going to exalt us and raise us to better places when we humble ourselves under him. There's peace that comes. So the last thing that I just want to talk about, a little bit more about who God is. When we say that God is willing to meet us anywhere, this is a God who is omnipresent, omnipotent, and omniscient. Omnipresent means everywhere at the same time. Omnipotent means he is all-powerful and there's no limitations to what he can do. Omniscience, 
He's all-knowing and nothing takes him by surprise. And so do not associate yourself with the power that God has when he says that he's well acquainted with you, when he's watching you and he loves you because he wants to be omnipotent, omnipresent and, and omniscient with you. He wants to be inside of you and be all three of those things with you. We just have to humble ourselves and say, God, yes, I'm willing. So God, I just wanna, guys, I just wanna pray for us really quick. If y'all will, bow your heads.